Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Not bad. It's about when he uh, goes back to WCW. They also spend the first like 15 minutes discussing college football, which, you know, really resonated with me because we do that. (laughs) You know. Yeah, no, it's not bad. It's good stuff. You both did that on the late night grin last Friday. Yeah, how was that? Myself, O'Neill, and Oracle talking about. Talking about the college football after you you cowards left us. Oh, bro, I was, yeah. uh, I was in such a bad way, man. I kept turning my camera off so I could like blow my nose. I didn't want you know, like I don't want people to be talking and everyone just looks at me while I'm fucking just shit coming out my nose. <laughs> so I kept doing that, and it got to a point I just had to just get up and just walk out, and I just stood outside for like five minutes, <laughs> just <laughs> let myself breathe without feeling like I was gonna have a heart attack. It was terrible. I mean, we had some good conversation along the way, but that was that was a shame. I'm looking forward to redeeming myself this Friday because I feel a little bit better now. So, I came on the show and I was hoping that you know I was gonna get to talk to everybody, and then like yeah. ten minutes because I came on at like two hour mark. It's like, oh, you guys are still going another two hours. And ten That's when we later, were gonna be gone. We were gonna do two hours and go. That's what we said on the show. Oh, mm-hmm. which would have been even funnier. <laughs> Yeah, and you guys are just gone. I would have been a little like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> yeah, that would have been something. So anyway, uh, people are here apparently. So Bob, tell people what you're Send doing. Send super here. chats if you're actually here. <laughs> Bob, you got a big shot that you're reviewing two pay-per-views, right? Yeah, we're reviewing uh, War Games and Hard Times 2. Yeah, I didn't Wait. watch any of this, so like... You didn't watch any of it? No. Wow. Yeah, I watched uh, one of those shows, and I didn't even watch AAA. I was going to watch AAA, but I was watching the uh, Michigan Wolverines win the Big Ten title. Wait, Jeremy, didn't you watch the NWA show? Didn't you, like, tweet about it? Yeah, I watched it live. I legitimately, I fell asleep during the main event of uh, War Games. <laughs> I rewatched it this morning, so I have seen it, but I was so exhausted from this week, and I, I hit yeah. a mental wall yesterday, and I just I fell asleep during the middle of it. <laughs> Well, right in the middle of it, like the very beginning, like I didn't make it past the first five minutes of Gargano and Carmelo. These things happen in MMA. Bob, yeah. how many notes have you got for today's show? Uh, you know, just going to kind of freestyle it a little bit. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Um, do we have any anything to take care of, or should we let Bob get straight into NXT War Games? What do we think, Jeremy? Let's let's get NWA Hard Times out of the way because that's what the people are really here for, anyway. Mm, that seems like a bad idea. <laughs> you want to start with War Games? Feels like we should start. I mean, look, I'm not generally. I don't make plays for views, but <laughs> I uh, I was looking around for takes on this pay per view today after I watched it, and it appears that no one else in the world watched this show, so. <laughs> It feels like we should probably lead with War Games. That's right. my take. Fine. We'll lead with War Games. It happened. Good show. Okay. Let's talk about NWA Hard Times. <laughs> oh, Bob, this is a big moment for Bob, man. Let him shine, okay? All right. Fine. O'Neal, what do you think of Denise Salcedo's appearance on the end of, or NXT War Games pre-show? I thought it was very good. I think she did a really good job there. Um, you know, it... Saturday uh, caused a lot of controversy, and uh, it seems like it was kind of for nothing because she was very good. Shocker. <laughs> I mean, look, I'll be honest, you guys. I wasn't involved in the discourse, but I'm glad it happened exclusively. So I got that tweet from Vix where he told Robert. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's one of the funniest things I've ever read in my life. So that's my only <laughs> comment on the mail. That was incredible. So there you go. You ever been starstruck? Joseph, oh, you're gonna be bro. starstruck like when you actually meet O'Neill. Like you're just gonna yeah. be like, it's actual just, real Bob O'Neill. Violently dunked on and then being like, man, I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> <laughs> bless. Just that bless. Twitter true, can be Twitter can be a beautiful thing sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> that's another conversation for another day. Bob, we've got some super chats, Jeremy. There we go. Super chats. Look at our guy Drew. Says, I'm here while I'm working. First official Bobber chat. It was a great week for you guys. And JJ says, uh, hold on, favorite big stars. Hope you're doing well. I'll explain how taking dumps is part of developmental. What is this? So I, I like I saw this on, on Twitter, but if you have the ad version of Peacock, you just get like yeah. you get ads. So I didn't see what this actually was. Well, you know how like a Survivor series they did the Lashley thing and it felt really weird and out of place? Yes. So they did that, except it was with uh, Ikmanjiro, like ordering a bunch of food and then shitting, which was also very out of place. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. Like they should probably make those make a little more sense if they are going to insist on showing them. Um, because... There was a lot of vignettes on that show, man. There was like yeah, and some of them were like some of them were like, oh, here's some of our you know new characters coming in case you're watching for the first time. Which I get that. Like that's you know. A smart play. You can argue that no one's actually watching for the first time, but you know it's a smart play just in case. But yeah, this one just very strange. In all seriousness, JJ is obviously having some fun, but there is one hundred percent truth to JJ's core message, which is that if that aired on Impact Wrestling, every single one of my mutuals would have quote tweet dunked it, and all of those mutuals did not quote tweet dunk and this to be on NXT Takeover and sorry NXT War Games, I should say. So. Yeah. There is a big, like, I don't know, Bob. I don't know, Bob. There's a lot of people that don't call folks for watching other wrestling that still watch this show. And, I mean, that's fine and all, but it is what it is. Are you worried that people aren't keeping the same energy? That's what I'm always worried about that because that's my middle name, as you know. My middle <laughs> names. Um, first match. Are we done the Super Chats, Jeremy? I don't want to miss because the Super Chats are a big part of this show now. I don't want to miss them. Cody says the standard Bro. kind of rules. Have him win the Rumble. Yeah. He ain't kidding. We'll get to that. Um, first match was the, the women's war games. 
Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez, Corey Jade, Io Shirai, and um, the Kaylee Ray. Of course, my bad. Kaylee Ray, great. I I watched this match, Bob. Take the lead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Right off the bat, it was like, I think they're bringing too many weapons in. I don't really like that for war games. And people will be like, oh, well, you know, it's a violent match and they don't have blood. And I get that, but I don't know. Like, just a personal preference thing. But the match itself, I did really kind of enjoy it. Um, you know, I think they did a good job getting Cora Jade over and uh, really kind of positioning her as a top, you know, person in that division. Because we don't know how much longer EO is going to be there. And, you know, the women's division is kind of up for grabs. So it's like... You know, for Core Jade to come out and have that performance, you know, she did dive off the top of the cage. She got the pinfall. I think that was a very good decision. Yeah, so, I mean, look, the War Games thing is what it is. At some point, I just accepted that that's just how they do War Games. You know? mm-hmm. They're never going to... And, like, honestly, there's a real argument that the modern fan prefers it. So I'm not even saying it's objectively bad. It's always going to make me roll my eyes when dudes go under the ring before they get in there. It's frustrating. The men's match, which I thought was great, they had like 12 tables in there, man. There's just no need for it to me, but that's what they do, so whatever. Um, this was interesting in that often, especially nowadays, we're used to booking, handicapping great performances. To me, this was the inverse of that. Where I thought the work was, you know, hit or miss. I didn't think it was particularly good, but they committed to Cora J being the story, and it worked, and she got over huge in victory, I thought. She sold great. She had a star performance. And more, this was a smart rifle. They used the injury thing to counteract the fact that the baby faces had the numbers advantage, right? Mm-hmm. Which was smart. It was really well agented. I mean, again, the stuff you roll your eyes at in terms of the weaponry, but I thought the actual, mechanically, the work was kind of shaky, but like, it actually achieved something. They picked someone and they got them over. I, you know, I can't really be too critical of it. Jeremy, what about you? I I was very skeptical when the the baby faces won the advantage in yeah. this match, and I was like, "Ooh, how how's that gonna work?" Because we've we've seen it before. They try like Russo tried it in like DNA or something, right? Or WCW, uh, and it was just, yeah, <laughs> and it was a disaster. Of course, they had no thought on it, and then so when they won the advantage, it's like, "All right, well, we'll see." Like you said, Joseph. The, the way they kind of got around that was they kind of injured core Jade. And so the heels still sort of had the advantage uh, throughout with, with the, with the numbers, they had a mission to get core Jade over and that's, that's what they did. She came out of this looking like a bigger star. Now, of course, you've got to follow up with it uh, and, and do something, do something with her that makes all of this worthwhile. They did this last year with Raquel. Their mission last year was to get Raquel over in the match, and then they actually did follow up by, by putting the belt on her a, a couple months later, um, and then Raquel's run was what it was, and yeah. you know she was still in this match here. Like I don't think you're going to put the belt on Cora Jade at, at this point, but I do think you've got to give her a pretty high-profile feud, and then off of that, you've got to continue to, to build something with her because mm-hmm. – the goal was to get her over. They did that. They highlighted her. They spotlighted her. And now we will see what they do in in the follow-up. I thought the finish with the, you know, the a roll-up finish in War Games was sure. Yeah. yeah. A little sure. bit flat, yeah. Yeah. Like, what, what are you going to do? Um, but I thought it was a fine match, you know, with um, – hold on. 
You're good. Um, Bob, what do you think the end game is for the Toxic Attraction Act? Like, it feels like a main roster act, right? So do you yep. do like this reign? You do a like a cycle, and then you just bring Mandy back up with this act. Is that what you think they do? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we've kind of talked about this a little bit in the past too. Like, is Mandy really going to be any different on the main roster having yeah. this run? And you know, I don't think so personally. But I guess if you bring all three of them up, then that's mm-hmm. something. But you know, yeah. I mean, I guess the end game would be to get him back to the main roster. I just don't know necessarily how well. Bob froze for you too, Jeremy. Oh no, now I'm doing a solo show. This is bad. Well, anyway, Bob's frozen. Jeremy has, 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 has left the program. This is NXT War Games, folks. Should I just proceed or should I wait for the, for the family to return? Seems bad. If you're in the chat, can you please tell me that I'm definitely doing a solo show right now so I don't like yeah, okay, good. Definitely doing a solo show. So, yeah, to just follow up on that, um, <laughs> to just follow up on that, I think, like, it feels like, you know, Mandy being an NXT life wouldn't make much sense. That's the kind of thing they're trying to get away from with this this version of um, this version of NXT. So I assume she'll go back sooner than later. And how that goes, we shall see. It's a nice act for sure. But, um, yeah, I I don't know about the ceiling. I have to be honest. I I don't disagree with Bob necessarily. Um, Okay, well, I guess we'll just move on. Fuck it. Up next. Yeah, Jeremy's doing work, I believe, guys. He's not. What's going on here, guys? I I just did a solo (laughs) show. There we go. I I was just on my own there, guys. My bad. Did you guys not learn anything from fucking war games? <laughs> Good lord, man. Okay, anything else on war games, the women's match? Um, so Cora Jade brought like a satchel with her that I thought had thumbtacks in it, and then they just never used it, which was a bummer. Oh yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, who cares. But, no, overall though, yeah, I think it's a good decision. I think, you know, you gotta just follow up on uh, having her now and just keep going forward with it. Bob, Bob, the internet, very sad. I know. Shades of young Joe Holbert. Um, Okay, tag titles, Imperium, Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, This was probably my favorite match of the night, personally. Imperium are a really great team. Fabian Eichner is just tremendous, has been for some time. Glad this act has kind of, you know, let him show that last couple of years. Von Wagner, big athlete, good look. I get why they like him. Long, long, long way to go for, for this young fella. I mean, he's very awkward right now. He's movement, very jittery. And, there's, you know, I assume he's very inexperienced. There's no shame in that. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly obviously was great. He showed out. And um, him and Eichner stole the show. Their interactions I thought were fabulous. So a very, very good match, I thought. Bob, were you? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, you know, I, I do agree with Von Wagner. He's got a little bit of work to do, but I think the other three kind of did a good job uh, protecting him in this match where he didn't look entirely out of place. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, and I mean, you know, if this is it for Kyle, um, I know he's got the cage match tomorrow, but if this is like his last big match, you know, it's a great way to go out, man. He uh, mm-hmm. he really brought it. Yeah, I mean, he the angle afterwards was fascinating in many yeah. ways because they obviously they obviously went with some like worked shoot element with him doing the undisputed era thing, right? Which was mm-hmm. which was interesting. I I don't think it's a bad idea. I think we all kind of collectively agree that Kyle was done, right? This game, he's, he's paid, like his last match game on Tuesday, and that's fine. He had a hell of a run. I think he's the biggest victim of all of the 2.0 change because he was probably going to win the title. If not, yeah, I don't think he was, you know, I don't think that run was working anyway, so I'm not here telling you that was like a, you know, we lost out. It is a shame, though. Um, he'll be an interesting one to watch if and when he does leave. He's certainly a guy that you could never accuse of wasting your time once the bell rang, though. I mean, this was a fitting last takeover match for him. If it was that, if it is takeover, whatever you want to call this thing. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Bob. What did you say? Sorry. No, I mean, it just, like I said, I'm, I'm glad he got to go out that way. And, like, the angle at the end made more sense after they announced that they were going to have a match on Tuesday because I thought, yeah. you know, Kyle's just done and they just did that. And that was weird. But, yeah, you know, put him over in the cage and uh, go from there. Jeremy? Any folks on the tag title match? This was it was good and it was not like not quite a throwback to remember when like every takeover would open with like a banger tag team mm-hmm. title match? Like obviously this didn't open, but it felt like the first good tag team title match in forever uh, on an NXT show. Maybe I'm maybe because they haven't had one since August. I'm I'm just misremembering, and maybe there was like a great match in August yeah. with like MSK, but I just yeah. can't yeah, I, and now MSK that I say, I yeah, now that I was, say yeah. MSK, I'm sure yeah. there was like a great MSK match, but it's been so long since we've had like an NXT special that I just couldn't mm-hmm. remember it. Um, but yeah, it was a it was, it was a good match, and the outcome was to be expected. And then the post match angle, well, the post match angle was really well done. And then you know they set up the cage match for a Riley Swan song, which we all assume anyway on Tuesday. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm intrigued by what they do with Von Wagner. I'm not doing that as a bit. I am intrigued. I enjoy watching them try to develop guys for better or worse. They're not very good at it in recent years, but I think they can, you know, he's a guy that didn't, how do I put this? He's a guy that doesn't show much personality on the surface, it's fair to say. So they're going to have to kind of try and figure out who he is and, and what he's going to, what kind of energy he's going to give up because he's a big athlete, but you know. With the way they do TV, that's only going to get you so far, especially there. So it'll be interesting. I assume he's going to be a heel moving forward. Is that what you would say, Bob, after this angle? Yeah, I would agree. I don't you know. Baby face? Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be a heel. I mean, okay. maybe. Otherwise, like, why would you do this type of thing? Remember when he was on – probably not. You probably don't, Joseph. But, O'Neill, remember when he was on Raw for, like, two seconds? Or maybe it was SmackDown? As like yeah, it was Adam Pierce's uh, bodyguard yeah. or whatever, and they never followed up on it. Right. Like, I don't know. I really don't know, like, what they're going to do with Von Wagner. That's why, like you, Joseph, I'm intrigued as to, to what's next. Like, this was clearly a design of, like, hey, let's turn him – let's turn him heel. But in their minds, they might think that – he's turning on O'Reilly and it's going to make him a bigger baby face. Cause they don't fucking know what Kyle O'Reilly is. Cause he's leaving anyway. So I mm. real I don't know if he's going to be a heel or a baby face moving forward. Honestly. That's fair. Uh, yeah. I'm just looking here. He has been signed since good Lord. He debuted in May, 2019. 
Yeah, this is where I kind of question there. Well, I suppose the pandemic. And never mind, ignore me. Pandemic hurt. The, obviously, there was no house shows, but still, it's a long time. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, hair versus hair. Uh, Duke Hudson, Cameron Grimes. Uh, this was a match, right, Bob? They did a yeah, match. Yeah, it was perfectly fine. I mean, you know, like it's it's weird when the guys with the shorter hair lose those matches, but ultimately cut Grimes' hair though, some, right? That's true. That's a good point. You know, like yeah. hair versus hair matches kinda they are. I yes. I like Cameron Grimes quite a bit still. Um Me too. I do too. You know, I would like him to kind of be in something a little bit better than this going forward, and we'll see. He can really sell. Hudson is um, Hudson remains one of the big like I just I know I, I feel like there's something there and I haven't quite figured it out yet. I don't think they have either. I think mm-hmm. there's definitely like a weird charisma to that dude. There's something funny about him, but their presentation doesn't seem to tap into that particularly well from what I've seen whilst we're in the video package anyway. So he's an interesting one too. Big guy, obviously good look, but. Came, comes across a little bit generic on their TV, which I think is something they need to figure out. Um, the match felt a little bit like a TV match. Could have done with some some desperation and some intensity, considering it was you know hair versus hair, but whatever. It was it was fine. Um, Jeremy, anything on hair versus hair? Oh, it was there. I thought this was another one where like a finish. Why are you going to do that finish and then have the guy get laid out afterwards with the with the stomp to? make him out cold so you can cut his hair. Just, like, do that in the match. Like, stop with these roll-up finishes to protect the the wrestler and then, like, still lay them out afterwards or whatever. It's just just dumb. Just just have him win clean. You don't need to do a roll-up with holding the tights and everything. Just do a clean victory. As far as Duke Hudson goes, like, I hadn't – because I don't watch NXT 2.0, so I didn't know much Mm -hmm. about this poker thing. Like, this gimmick – Kind of pops me. <laughs> yeah. The, um, <laughs> the, ahead, the one segment they did where they were like playing poker in the ring was pretty entertaining. Yeah. It, it, I should maybe watch it. I probably never will. But like through the video package when they were playing, when they were showing that, I was like, man, as someone who grew up watching like the World Series of Poker stuff, like just tremendous, tremendous stuff. So mm-hmm. like, I'm never going to watch NXT 2.0 again, but I'll pretend that I like two cuts in his gimmick. <laughs> Good. I appreciate it. I always respect a good bit. What a shitty, what a shitty poker player though to just get bluffed by Cameron Grimes. Well, in, that's, in that's the bit. Yeah, that's the bit. That's good. Yeah, I mean, but that he says he's good. Yeah. He says he's the world champion and everything. And well, he's, he's a heel. Bluffed. He's like Double J not being the real singer, you know. It's, <laughs> um, saying that they only did that when he left. Actually, that's a bad comparison. Anyway, cruiserweight title, kind of cruiserweight, not really title. Um, Roddy Strong, Joe Gacy. Genuine question, not doing a bit. Who was the baby face? Because I assumed it was Joe Gacy, and then I watched the video package, and my brain nearly exploded. I had no <laughs> clue. What is happening? Who is the baby face here? Yeah, I mean... It's, I, it's 100% Roderick Strong. Yeah, I thought it was Gacy, too. I think the Diamond Mine people <laughs> just uh, don't really have alignment. They're just kind of badasses. That's kind of the story they go with there. But, yeah. In the crowd. Go ahead, Bob. Sorry. Well, like... Kind of to build the match like they did and then not have Joe Gacy win, which I'm fine with it. You know, I like Roddy Strong not as much as you do, but I like him quite a bit. Um, and it's just kind of strange to have that whole build and then just have him win. I mean, 
It's fine. I agree like, with you. Like, I completely agree with you, but I think at any time Roderick Strong beats Joe Gacy, it can't be considered strange. You know, it's yeah. probably balance of the world. And Joe's good. Like I, Joe Gacy's fine. He's a he's a good professional wrestler, and he's trying his best for this gimmick. It looks like something I would absolutely fucking hate, but that's not his fault. He's trying his best. Like it is what it is. Um, the match sucked. No, it didn't suck. It, it did sucked. not. That's complete rubbish. Um, you know the they worked they worked a match without any real structure because there was no baby face. And they hit each other pretty hard, but there was no meaning to any of it because no one cared because what was the big – the stakes was the Cruiserweight title, which everyone – you know, that belt means nothing, unfortunately. Roddy's trying his best with it, but if he's going to wrestle a guy that isn't 205, it's pointless. Um, yeah, the match was at its best when Roddy was kicking the shit out of him, but unfortunately the crowd wanted to cheer Roddy. So, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a complete – just a complete clash. It didn't suck. I, I, think, I think that's silly, but – it was fine, is what I would say. Look, Again, it felt like a TV. Obviously, I'm being hyperbolic that it sucked, but I did not care for this match. Like it, it was the worst thing on the show. It, remember, remember when you said like you have a bad match with Roderick Strong? It says something about you. Like, I don't think this match was like bad, but for a Roderick Strong match, it certainly wasn't good. And I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like this match. I didn't think it was good at all. Yeah, there you go, Montel. Joe doing mental gymnastics. I just it didn't suck. It wasn't good, get? Joseph. It wasn't good. How long did they get? Because it, I found it to be an easier watch than than uh, the match before. I mean, they didn't get long or anything, but it's it's still. I I, it well, I, maybe like it took forever. They, the dynamic wasn't good. No one, no one cared about Joe Gacy. It went eight minutes. It felt like it went about twelve. I'll be honest with you. I, my generosity is not aimed at Roddy Strong. It's aimed more at the guy who's wrestling because I like Joe Gacy and I kind of feel bad for him because I just think this is one of those gimmicks that will vanish and everyone, it'll be like one of those what culture videos in ten years. Remember when they went after the wokes, you know? And like, I just. I think he's good. Like I think there's a role for him, you know. And I thought he was pretty good here. Again, if there was a babyface, it would have helped. <laughs> but like, maybe it did suck. I thought it was fine, personally. I don't know. I thought it sucked. Bob, did it suck? I mean, it was short. Where like I don't really have a concrete opinion on. The only thing I really remember was like uh, Ivy Nile um, getting picked up by uh, the big bald dude and. Joe Gacy tell him to put her down. A big ball, dude. Like, you don't know his name. Like, he'll dunks on him every chance he can get. <laughs> I do. Yeah. yeah. But, no, I mean, I don't know. It was fine. Like I said, I don't remember a ton of it. It looks like it was only like eight minutes, so. Eight minutes. Yeah. Jeremy, this was fine. It felt like 12. Okay, chat. Star ratings in the chat. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going two and three quarters. Two and three gonna, quarters. That's shit for a Roderick Strong match. I'm going on Grapple right now. I'm rating this two and three quarters. It got what? Did, what does it have on Grapple? I don't know. I'm gonna find out. This it's got a four point eight two on Cage Match. Holy shit! Really? Yeah. Fuck. It maybe it was bad. <laughs> Dude, this match was not good, Joseph. Okay, it's got two point six five on Grapple. I think good lord, there's ones in the chat. 
<laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It wasn't good. I didn't say it was good. I said it was fine. <laughs> okay. Says so fine. It was fine, okay. Like, like fine is just you being generous because Roderick Strong is involved. Mm. That's all it is. I mean, the chat is divided here. You know, there's there's a lot. There's some two and a halves. You know, JJ is rating AJ Styles match. Don't know why. <laughs> Does um, he smartly watch Roderick Strong and AJ Styles instead of this match? I thought it was fine. I'm happy for Roddy that this act is is rolling along. I think mm. he's probably going to, you know, I'm very alarmed by that promo where he said big match on Tuesday. Uh, Cause that seems like he's going to lose the title on Tuesday. <laughs> Look, I'll be real and people like doing a bit about it. And I, I have definitely, I've definitely made a show of it on the late night green, especially I've said some interesting things, but Bob, <laughs> Bob knows what I'm referencing. Now. I'm going to leave it at that. Cause if I say it on here, that'd be very bad. Um, I think it's good for Roddy that he's in this role. And if it's the role he wants to do, I think, you know, all how. I don't really see him the same way I see some of these other guys that are wasting their... I mean, to me, it's like he really wanted to be there for a long, long time. He got there. And, you know, if he wants to stay there, then God bless. I mean, they're not... He isn't a caricature yet. Right, he's still Roddy Strong. So as long as he's not like you know eating stuff and taking a shit on pay per view, I think I can live with the Diamond Mine, which I think is a good act. So there you go. Um, okay, moving on. Main event. Right, we're at the main event, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. War Games. Uh, the Black and Gold team of Gargano, Champa, La Knight, and Pete yeah. Dunne versus uh, the new team of. Carmelo Hayes, Bron Breaker, and uh, Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo and someone else. Grayson Waller. Waller. Grayson Waller. Bob, <laughs> your thoughts? I think it was good. I think they went a little bit too long, as they tend to do with the men's war games matches. Um, but overall, I enjoyed it. You know, Gargano coming out to his old music was a nice touch uh, in case, you know, he's not going to be around anymore. Cool. I liked his gear. Um, you know, just more than anything, just focusing on Braun Breaker, where he's clearly going to be the guy. Um, they seem to know that he seems to be, you know, coming along in the ring as he should be. And, you know, just like the first match, uh, you know, he was able to get the pinfall and he's clearly the guy that they're going to get behind. So that's the right decision. Yeah, this was, um, I think it was very good again for a WWE war games match. What is Grayson Waller's gimmick? Is he the one that was dressed like a shooter? He has like trunks on, like he's yeah. boxing. Yes. Yeah. What does he? Because they kept saying he wants to go viral. What does that mean? Yeah, I'm not Joseph. Yeah. I don't watch the program. I don't. Know. I thought he. Was... Yeah, I don't really watch the uh, weekly television. <laughs> I thought he was just Australian. I thought that was his gimmick. Just got an didn't... accent. Why didn't Brom Breaker break the door off? Instead yeah, of, that, you know, was, yeah, that was that, embarrassing. That got weird yeah. for a minute. Um, yeah. I thought he was struggling with yeah. the uh, with the bolt cutters. wasn't a good look. No. Um, okay. But yeah, no. I mean, he's he's the guy. Um, again, I probably wouldn't have had him lose to a Champ at Halloween Havoc. Probably would have had someone else do that. But they've built him back up. So. 
Um, what else do I have here? I like the the old lad conference, and the, you know when they, you know, usually in NXT War Games they do the thing where both teams go to one side of the ring each. Yeah. In this, the opposite, where the old lads all came together and were like, "Let's fucking beat these dipshits <laughs> up." That ruled. I like that. Um, Pete Dunne still has the worst punches in professional wrestling. Please God, can someone just teach me that for a fucking punch? How long do we have to wait for this? He's such a good professional wrestler. He still can't throw a right hand, Pete. Go and ask someone. Ask Matt Bloom for like, I don't care. Ask Roddy. I don't care. Just throw a punch. Other than that, I have very little uh, negative to say. LA Knight, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. t- I'm coming back for, for receipts on this. You guys slandered this dude so much when he came in. He is a good professional wrestler. He can talk. He His work is fine. He has been a victim of an industry that stopped liking promo, guys. And it's a shame because he's now too old to really get a shot at it. He's good, man. Is he a promo guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. is, man. The promo he cut on YouTube was very good on Tuesday. I thought it was fine. I don't know if it was very good. It was he's, the Roderick Strong Joe Gacy of promo. He's, I'm t- I think he's a good professional wrestler who does good professional wrestling things. He's, he can shoot an angle for you, cut promo, he can have a nice little match. He's good. Hey, there's a role for him. He should be on the main roster. Like clearly, I don't understand why he's not on the main roster. Um, who else? Uh, Gargano was great. Obviously, he's yeah. There's a lot to say about Gargano. Um, Champa Bron breaking it and depending on him is interesting. Obviously, the belt's headed his way. Honestly, I would just forego that and fucking have him win the Rumble. Bron Breakers. Yeah, he's got something, man. There's something to be said for that, dude. There's there's an energy to him, and the more you kind of, I don't know, you don't wait around too much. I think. No, you know. Go ahead, Bob. Well, it's interesting. You know, when we were doing the uh, the Brock and Time stuff, you know, kind of watching that ascent to when he faced the Rock, we're like, you know, they probably can't do this with anyone else. They're not going to have that yeah. lightning in the bottle situation. I don't think this is, you know. I don't know that Braun Breaker can come up and just run through everybody, but they definitely have enough people. It would be something that people aren't expecting. It could get people, you know, engaged again. Um, I would consider it, man. Yeah, I just, um, I think there's there's a real place right now in the promotion for a hot baby face that's brand new and the people aren't haven't seen get the shit kicked out of them every week and. Uh, mm-hmm. Bron's got that. I'll be honest, I don't have much faith in that because they like the guys to show range, which basically means act like a buffoon on television. So that would probably go poorly, but a competent booker would make some real money with, with Bron Break or Rex Steiner, whatever they would call him. Um, anything else in this match? I'm trying to think, I'm trying to wreck my breath. Because again, the problem with these matches is just so much happens. By the end of it, it's like, yeah, I don't know, man, just shoot one of them. I mean, it just goes on and on. And there's no, you know, there's all these, t- and it's like, it's so hard for me because I can't in good faith, like dunk on it. Cause like they're working so hard, you know, they're, they're doing, ta- you know, diving for a table off the top of the cage. It's just, I just, it's me. It's not war games. So it's really difficult. At least there was some sense of story and emotion to this. I think it's a real problem where they run these shows. And I saw a lot of people tweeting, go on the road, go on the road. And it's like, I don't think they're going to be selling many tickets on the road. So, I don't know what that even means. Like, you want to tour every week with their TV? Good luck. I don't. I don't think you go on the road as a weekly program. I do think. I mean, kind of like they used to do. Is, takeover. Yeah, yeah, you can do the takeover before or after, since now a lot of WWE pay per views are running on Saturdays. But you can you can do it 
uh, piggybacking off of the WWE weekend and just running a smaller venue. And I think you'll be okay. I mean, with this particular show, maybe not, because I don't know, like NXT 2.0 just kind of is what it is at this point. But the problem is they haven't done like a non takeover or a, a, a on the road takeover since, since when, like obviously before the pandemic and certainly like yeah, war before games in, uh, Chicago, because the rumble in 2020, they did the world's collide. She'll take my God, Bob. Neil's internet. My God. Over. Bob's mouth. <laughs> okay, so so 2019 War Games in, in Chicago. So yeah. that was when they were like also pushing the NXT brand against. Yes. Uh, okay, so they re- they really haven't done much since AEW's been kicking the shit out of them and, and kicked them off of Wednesday nights. I don't know how that brand draws like on the road, even for like special event. You could probably run yeah. like a like a small like college arena or something like that. And you can probably put, put some people in the building, but I just don't know what the drawing power of that brand is. If you, even if you try to do like a, a special event on the road. I really think, I actually think people will be shocked how poorly those shows would go. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you look around the industry right now, outside of them top two in GCW, which is hilarious because the other projects have TV, but like, they ain't, you know, they ain't exactly selling me TV. I mean, Colt Bauer's selling, you know, he sold 60,000 tickets in Mexico City last week. So, other than him, obviously, because he's doing it. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting. I, But the point I was going to get to was whatever they can or can't do, they probably need to leave Florida because unfortunately, this crowd just, want, just likes the old NXT guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they, I don't know. I, I, I didn't like the show the last couple of years, so I'm not here to see that's they're right or wrong for that. But like, if you don't get whatever connection to Gargano rather than Tony D'Angelo or whoever, he's not even a good example because he's over. But Grayson Waller, it just is what it is. You can't you can't retrain people like that. Um, even in the last match, like we were, we did the joke about whether it was bad or not. But like, if Joe Gacy was the babyface, the crowd still would have just chanted Roddy for a few seconds and gone quiet. Like. There's a problem. You can't you can't reprogram people that way. Um, maybe the That's fans right. are trash. There's a lot of evidence they are. Maybe I don't know. Wrestling fans are wrestling fans. But even if you think they're like really upstanding, wonderful citizens, they're gonna cheer the old dudes. <laughs> it just is what it is, you know. Well, maybe maybe that's like that's why they're phasing out all of these people. So they they don't have anybody left to cheer yep. from this brand. It's just like, here you go. It's just completely new guys. You pick, pick your favorite. Like yeah. Yeah. you don't have anyone like a Gargano yeah. or Ciampa to cheer. Like that's the point. That's true. But you know, they, they tried to pay Gargano. So that's the, that's the thing I want to get into. I don't, there's something alarming. I'm alarming. I don't really care, but the, there is something theatrical about this Johnny Gargano thing that makes yes. me think he ain't going anywhere. It's too, I... it's, it's too much. You know, the, the single shot of his face when they're like, could be the last one, whatever they said. Yeah. What do you think? I'm I'm completely with you on this because uh, O'Reilly and Gargano were pretty much in the same boat as far as contract and potentially leaving. O'Reilly, they had him take the fall 
They they're going to do this match on Tuesday. It's a cage match. This is how they write off everybody is through a cage match, whether it's a call up or their final bout. I mean, that's how they wrote off Cole. That was his final thing. He did a cage match against O'Reilly. This is how they write people off. Like O'Reilly is 99.9% sure gone. The Gargano stuff. I'm with you way too theatrical of, Hey, it could be the last time and everything. Not only that, but after the match where he cuts the promo and is like, I'll tell everybody everything on Tuesday. They did this same thing a few years ago where he's like, I'll address my future on Tuesday. And then he had like that match against the the TM61 guy when he's saying like, I'm staying in it. Because people thought he was going to get called up to the main roster, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. then he had the, the TM61 guy interrupted him and they, they did the ma- Deep cut, Jeremy. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. And, um, and, and like he just stayed in the next day. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. It feels very similar. Now, could I see him taking time off because yes. Candace is due in the next couple of months? Yeah, 100%. But do I think he's leaving? Not with the way they're doing this. Like, it's either it's either he's not leaving or they have so much respect for this guy that they are just <laughs> like, whatever you yeah. want to do on our television, you can just do and then walk right to AEW because yeah. I, it's very another one. The third option is that they're so desperate to pop a rating that they're going to just use this as a TV thing. Mm-hmm. I don't... That you I build to it all night and he'll beat him up and that's it. I don't know, but... Yeah, maybe. I think he's going home for a bit regardless, to be honest. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And I think it's possible like he might be done with NXT. Maybe he is going to the main roster. You know, maybe they sold him on that. I, I don't know for sure. I mean... You know, it's uh, he's a guy that I could see doing pretty much anything. Like, it's not, it's pretty cut and dry with Kyle. With Gargano, it's not really. Agreed. Yeah, even in terms of usage. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you said to me, Kyle was going up to the main roster, I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I don't see any world in which that, that, that works. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest, you guys, and you can laugh at me because, let's be honest, like, they could get, they would get this wrong nine times out of 10. I look at SmackDown's depth chart. If I was booking that show and I had Johnny Gargano as a babyface, he would probably be my top babyface. <laughs> or second, right? Like, mm-hmm. look at their babyface lineup. Who you got over Johnny? So there is a world in which, if you do it right, again, if you do it right, Johnny Gargano is a player on the main roster. Do I think we live in that world right now? Not really. But I could – I guess what I'm saying, if I was Johnny's advisor or manager, I could I could be won over more than if I was Kyle, was where it's just like, bro, Kyle was getting killed on the main roster. There's no way they would figure out what to do with him. NXT couldn't figure out what to do with him as, as a singles, you know? So, I'll, this is, this is again, a very lucky situation for me because I'm not really invested in the story. I think Johnny would inevitably have great matches in AEW and he'll have great matches wherever he, if he stays in NXT, he stays, goes to Raw, SmackDown. He's a great pro wrestler. I think the actual lock is that he takes some time off regardless because, you know, it's a very logical thing to do with what's going on in his life right now. Yep. I would agree. That's from that. So, real quick, that was uh, that was war games. Real quickly, Joseph. Okay, sorry, I didn't hear you, Jeremy. Have comments. Uh, first off, Kylo says, "Can Bob please say this more like Roderick Week? <laughs> more like Roderick Week." <laughs> um, yeah. As, as far as Gogano, I think I think he's taking time off. And does that mean he's already signed somewhere and he's getting time off, or is he just going to take time off and evaluate his options? I don't know. Uh, I, I do want to say this because I've, we all kind of agree O'Reilly's gone. That leaves Roderick Strong left as the, the last Undisputed Era. <laughs> I'm not ducking. I'm not ducking on Roderick Strong. I promise you. 
I promise you I'm not dunking on Roderick Strong. Okay. I'm dunking on the booking of the Undisputed Era breakup. And just this last night should have been Team Cole against Team O'Reilly if they did it right. Yeah. Because Undisputed Era has always been associated with war games and they could have easily gotten there with Team Cole, Team O'Reilly. I'm sure Strong and Fish would be factored in there one way or another, but that's what last night should have been had they done it right. You know, maybe Adam Cole still decides to leave and is like, yeah, I'm out of here. But if they had some sort of plan that they could have pitched Adam Cole, there's a better chance of him staying than be like, hey, here's what we got for you on the main roster. We're going to make you a manager. We have nothing left for you to do in NXT. And maybe maybe Adam Cole still leaves, but the fact that they didn't have anything to pitch this guy on, it made it a little bit easier for him to walk out that door. They could have said, like, this is where we're headed. This is what's going to happen with a breakup. Here's what we're going to do. Then we're going to transition to the main roster, and here's what we're going to do there. There's a better chance of him staying. I thought it was a complete – and this just, once again, goes to show – the, that they have just fully changed over into NXT 2.0, and they don't give a shit about Undisputed Era and everything that 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 uh, faction meant to the brand, and how they completely botched this breakup. It sucked that nobody from Undisputed Era was in that match last night, and that they completely botched the breakup of that group. Well, I think that was done on purpose. I think. It would have made a lot of sense to do L.A. Knight and Joe Gacy as like a story, whatever the fuck that would have looked like, and then have Roddy in War Games on the original team because he is obviously more of an original than L.A. Knight. Mm-hmm. I think that was a conscious decision, Jeremy, frankly. I think they wanted to move completely away from the Undisputed Era guys being in that match, which is, to your point. Um, I don't, I'll be honest, I think you're right, but... And the real answer is whenever Adam Cole dropped the world title, they probably should have just moved up. And you probably should have built TV around them as a heel act on the main roster, which we all knew was never going to happen for many, many reasons. Like, I don't know, man. That was really over. You probably should have given that a run on Raw or SmackDown. When did Adam Cole drop the world title? 2019? 2019. Yeah. I mean... That would have been two years since they debuted. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you could do it then. Like, you can – I just – to me, their their inability to move it up was what killed it. And we could analyse the details of the breakup, but if we're being honest, them having their whole run and splitting up in NXT was a loss to begin with. That's a failure, you know? you got to try and maximise that act on the main roster and – um it's a shame they didn't. I, I don't think it would have gone well, but it would have been any sort of competence because, my God, I mean, well, what more interesting could they have done? Uh, and, you know, and as mentioned in the chat, that was the moment when Cole beat Brian on SmackDown. Yeah. You should have you should have accelerated things because Roddy, Roddy beat AJ and um, Shinsuke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what Cole and Bobby did, but, like, you basically set the stage for him to be a main roster act. They, they were in the they were in the New Day and Viking Raiders match at right, Survivor Series, and, and New Day or Big E said like they wanted to work a program with with Undisputed Era. Okay, so what? So this is November twenty nineteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was on SmackDown at that time? Just gone to Fox. What was the big? Who were the big heels on SmackDown at that time? 
Um, that's, that's a hard question. I'm just trying to figure out. Uh, Brock? Was yeah, Brock, Brock on SmackDown or Raw? Yeah, because he moved to Raw. Oh, yeah, he did move. Um, okay. I'm looking at Survivor Series 2019. I know one of the answers, which is very funny. One of them is Corbin. Oh, it's the Fiend. Oh, yeah, the yep. Fiend as well. And you got Corbin, because this is when Corbin does the dog food, dog food program. Yeah. Oh, right. So Jesus. what I'm basically saying is, why not just make that Adam Cole and the era? And as yeah. Demon Grin says, at the very least, you'd have a team of great bumpers to feed Roman. That's exactly it. I mean, that's 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 nailed it. Like, at the very least, Roman would have absolute heaters with Roddy, Kyle, and Nicole, and maybe Bobby Fish. So, you know, that's where it really went wrong. I agree with you, though, Jeremy. Like, in terms of you know, if you just dig into the details, they did it wrong in NXT too. But the the truth is, it never should have been split up in NXT. <laughs> they should have at least yeah. did it a run on the main roster. That's just a, yeah. exactly. a promotional failure. Unfortunately. So, War Games. I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't watched the TV at all. I didn't expect this to be very good. I thought it was actually a good show. I thought um, the worst matches were fine, as we've covered before. I thought that two of the matches were very good to, to dare I say, great in the tag matches case. And the opener was successful in what it went out to achieve. I didn't find it to be a hard watch or a boring watch. The vignettes were, some of them were embarrassing. And you know, they need to seriously. I mean, that stuff's on TV, grow up. But as a wrestling show, I can't dunk on it much, really. I actually thought the in ring was, was strong. Jeremy, what did you think of NXT War Games? I mean, it put me to sleep, so I can't like say that it was a great show. Um, it, it was it was fine, like, it, it was good. I, I'll say it's good. Like, there, there were the, the two matches that we talked about were like fine, one sucked. And then the War Games matches, <laughs> War Games matches were what they were in 2021. This is just how War Games are, are going to be. And Neil is just completely offended by all of us. Uh, they're what they're going to be in 2021. The, the, they made, they tried to make two stars. I definitely think like Braun Breaker is a made guy in NXT. Yeah. I don't think they're going to screw that up. I know people are upset that he lost. The, the title match to Ciampa. Like, they've done enough damage control on that to, to where it's not as big of a deal. Should they probably just strap them up or just put another person in that position? Yes, but they, they've done enough damage control on that. I, I, Braun Breaker, at least in NXT, is going to be fine. Cora Jade is the one where, okay, now you've got to have some follow-up to it. Um, but overall, it was it was a good show. I can't say it was bad. Or, is it going to get me to watch the television weekly? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, it's, but that's part of that is that like it's just it's just blatantly not for me, right? Like it's, yeah. I mean, it's just a, you know, it's for people that like nineteen ninety three WWF, and that's fine. Um, what would you give it out of ten, Jeremy? While we wait for Bob to come back mm. as a show, because you give what's how many stars did you give Roddy and Joe Gacy? Point two five. No, about like negative two. Negative uh. two. <laughs> People like I said, it put you to sleep, and then it was good. Like, man, I was just exhausted. If I had a long week, I had a very long weekend. If you guys knew about my weekend, you would understand. It wasn't, it wasn't the NXT's fault. It, it was they could have no. AEW could have been on. I might have fallen asleep during that. It was just, it was a long week. Um, I I would say it's probably like a six point five to seven. I guess. Yeah, I'd be at seven. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, final thoughts on more games? 
Yeah, it was entertaining. You know, um, I liked both the War Games matches and the other stuff. Like, yeah, that tag match really stood out. And then the other two weren't super for me, but they were both like less than 10 minutes. So, yeah, I give it probably about a seven as well. It was a pretty good show. Definitely a show where your expectations were important. If you somehow yeah. went into this thinking it was going to be another like old school takeover, I'm not trying to be a dick here, but that's on you. Like, look at the lineup. You know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, you get what you get, I suppose. It was better than I thought it would be. And I would say, yes, yeah, seven, maybe a little bit higher, maybe 7.5 for me. Bob, no, out of 10? Crazy. Yeah, probably about seven. I think seven's even generous. 6.5. Any, anything higher than a 6.5 in your bias. I went um, 4.9 stars on Grapple for Roddy Strongless, Joe Gacy. <laughs> I, like, I am a big thing for me, to be totally honest here, and we're going to get into this at the end of the show, which I would also give a decent review to. A big thing for me is, and chat needs to realise, I am a huge fan of mechanically sound, but ultimately boring professional wrestling that goes about <laughs> 10 minutes. And... You know, like, there was a lot of that. Like, the middle matches don't bother me because they're just TV. Um, same goes for this NWA show, which we're about to review. Stick with us, viewers, for the hottest <laughs> pay-per-view of the year. NWA, hard times too. Um, I have notes. I don't really want to go match for match on this because there were 25 matches. <laughs> I'm going to say a match I liked, and Jeremy, you want to tell me if you also liked it. Okay, you ready? Okay, yep. Opening match. Austin Aries versus Rip Titus. Um, legitimately a nice match. Very much fit the description of what I just <laughs> just said. But it was a nice junior heavyweight match. And they had, like, you know, the tight wrestling exchanges. And then um, they did the head drop deal and, the, you know, and they escalated things some. Aries still has some juice, apparently, as a wrestler. He took that great bump on the monkey flip. Rip Titus is always good. I understand there's a lot of baggage of Austin Aries. Bob knows that more than most as he's legitimate enemy of the man, which is hilarious in so many ways. <laughs> but the match was fine, right, Jeremy? The match was pretty good. Yeah, this was probably probably the best match on the show. It's weird. The first half of the show, I thought I had quite a few that were, like, decent. Yeah. And, when I, and like, here's the thing. They're all, like, you know, they're not, like, great matches, but they're just fine little matches. It falls off. Like, I also like the next couple here, but yeah, I don't disagree with you necessarily. It was good. It's that or like what are the other ones that you think? I liked OGK. I like their match with Stevens and Kratos. I like Colby Crino and Doug Williams, even though it got a little bit shaky at the end. And Kiera Hogan and Mickey, I thought was good too. And they're I, not I all think, at the front. So Yeah, I think Kiera and Mickey is the other one that I'd say would yeah. challenge Aries and, and Red Titus for, for match of the night. <clears throat> How far do you go with an Austin Aries push in 2021? Uh, about as about the same as his height. How how do you feel about the the job of an announcer on a show like this, right? Because we all get it. Like it's it's difficult. You have to put over the promotion, but like when the announcers multiple times say that NWA is the best roster in the world. Mick Foley said that. Yeah, well. like, yeah, I know. But well, dude, when Foley comes out here and he's like, the passion, I see the passion. It's hard yeah. times. And the 20 people of you, you know, the talent in the back, the future okay. of this business. Hang on a second. We need to do this. This is actually, this is fair. Okay. okay. Yes, this is fair. We all agree we're a family here. The NWA is not a big drawing promotion. 
right. they definitely could have sold more tickets than that, right? I actually well, believe what they because it seems like they genuinely sent a message to fans and they couldn't come, right? Yeah, it, that's what that's what it seems like is they there was restrictions and they couldn't put more in the building because literally every single person had their mask on in the building. Yeah. My issue with it is like if you're gonna do oh we can't you know we we can't pack so many people in there like maybe don't put them all in one little section there like there's two sections to the side maybe space them out yeah. a little bit it's so you know your protocols are a little bit better here because dude that that shot what are you laughing no hard at joseph just <laughs> I assume Bob just being like no, just the way it was shot because they do yeah, like they shoot the audience right. right. So you have like as you said, there's like three. What how did you describe them? Like, like three sections. Yeah, and yeah. there's none on either of the two yeah. side sections. It's just like so it's just 20. like one. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Middle section has fans that are mostly full. Like there's some empty seats and stuff. But and they're like they're doing this announcing where they're like, you know, like Matt Stryker does it with like the majesty of the sport, and they're like, yeah. 
the talent we have in the alliance. You know, like you know, <laughs> they're talking about it with such grace and gravity, and there's just like forty people just sitting right in front of you, and there's empty seat. It just looked terrible. I mean, it again, it's not their fault. So bad. No, but this is where like you got to space these people out a little bit, and then like actually mention, and maybe they did mention on the broadcast. I wasn't paying too much attention. They did to mention. The announcement. Yeah. Okay, like. Yeah, like, but still space these people out and then say, like, hey, this is why we couldn't fit but so many people in here. But the way they set it up with everybody right in that center section and two completely empty sections uh, beside it was just so, so bad. It was. Um, OGK, I think, are in really good form right now. Mike Bennett is obviously motivated since he came back to wrestling. Um him and Taven are a good team. It's actually the first time I've like legitimately watched JR Kratos. He's kind of cool, right? Like old school yeah. big man. I like him. Stevens is there. Um, they're doing this dynamic where Kratos is trying to bring the edge back out of Aaron Stevens. They've been doing this dynamic for yeah. about 10 yeah. months on television. You told me about this a long time ago. I asked you if they're here or babyface. I remember yeah. this vividly. Um, they got some nice heat on Taven. Kratos is kind of a big monster. He's fun. And uh, the angle at the end was Stevens like lost it and then got rolled up anyway, like a loser. OG Care are a good team, man. I, you know, they might be not for the Oracle of Wrestling, but they're a nice team. <laughs> this match was pretty good, I thought. Jeremy, what about you? Yeah, it was fine. Like, I, I do like OGK. We've talked a lot about Ben, or not Bennett. We've talked something about Bennett, but we talked a lot about Taven, like his role. Like, he ain't like top guy, but. Is a, is a good tag team wrestler yeah. who can maybe be like a mid card champ in some promotion. Like he ain't bad. Bob, your favorite Matt Taven match? <laughs> um, all of them. They're all tied. It's hard to pick one. <laughs> Colby Carino, <laughs> Doug Williams. Um, this kind of ruled. I thought Doug Williams is like really, you know, he's he's pretty old now, but he's still got it upstairs and. You know, early on they did the deal where, where young Colby was a step behind on the mat. He was getting out-wrestled. He had to take a shortcut, use the middle rope to cut him off. There was an awesome spot where he did a dive and Doug just fucking European uppercut him out of the air. It was an incredible visual. Made an incredible sound. The, the finish was weak. Didn't look good. Didn't didn't yeah. come, didn't didn't hit the way. I mean, like legitimately the move just didn't. Doug didn't take it the way you'd like. But it also the setup was weird. But the work was pretty good. Again, all of these matches, other than one that I'm about to get to, were let the length was reasonable. And that yeah. helps. He allowed the show to fly through, and it wasn't a chore to watch, other than one match, which I will get to. Colby Green, Doug Williams, Jeremy. Rule Britannia. It was, to, it was good to see Doug Williams back. I always liked him uh, during during the TNA and, and ROH days. And he's a good, like solid professional wrestler. And he's aged a little bit. And. You know, some, yeah. some time off and wear and tear and everything, but it was good to see him back. And Colby Carino, I think he's good. Like, he's good. Yeah, like I, I'm not. I don't think I'm crazy for that. Like, I think there's something there with Colby Carino. You know, yep. I, I haven't. I've seen some of him on the mic, and like he, he's he's fine. Um, but like in ring, like I think he's good, and I think he'll continue to get better. See, on the mic, it's tough because he's always going to get comparisons to to his dad. And yeah, like that stuff, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think there's something there with Colby Carino. I'd like to see him, and maybe the the start of this with this victory over Doug Williams would be the start of something for him in NWA. Uh, but yeah, I like this match. 
Have you seen his match with his dad from earlier this year? No, everyone keeps telling me I need to watch it, so maybe I should watch it. It's long. Yeah. It's very, very, very good. And if you watch maybe like the promo video before it, it's good. Very good. See, I've seen the promo. Like, I've seen the hype video for it. Yeah. I haven't seen the actual match. I think Colby's a case of where, like, because of his size, he doesn't really jump off the page to people. But yeah. if you actually watch him, you're right. He's he's very, very good. He's someone that if I was a major league promotion, I would be looking at, like, is there a team you can put Colby in? You know, is there is there a role where you can let him be a great wrestler and let him kind of figure out the – because he's – you know, I agree with you. There's something there for sure. And, and the story – I mean, you saw something he posted on Twitter. He's yeah. a historian. I recommend everyone go and read that because it's a great post. Like, there's, you know, that's a that's a great story. Um, Kira Hogan, Mickey James. This was a babyface match early because it was all about the respect of the, you know, the legend and the the protege. That whole deal. They hugged, and Mickey James, I just think, is just such a smart pro wrestler. She had that awesome work on Kira's arm, and like eventually, it obviously heated up, and Kira Hogan kind of got mean, and it was like it was just just good pro wrestling. Um, and the the protege made a mistake, went up top. Mickey rolled through and got the pin, and it was like, you know, Mickey's not someone, and I, and this, I guess, to some fans, this is a slight, but like, she's not going to give you like four and a half star classics, but she's like really difficult to have a bad match with. Like, she's just sound. She'll tell a good story every time. She has an idea of structure that most, frankly, very few wrestlers even have at this point. She's damn good at what she does. Still. And Kira Hogan, you know, I think always is someone that, like, when she's on, she's real good. She's not as consistent as you'd like. I think that's why the Fire and Flavor Tag Team was her best run yet. But she's someone that you still think, man, like, if she can just just tick that final box, figure out whatever it is, she could be a big star, I think. So I like the match, Jeremy. You mentioned it earlier. You, you, you co-signed this one, right? Yes. I, I think because the finish was never in doubt, like, the, yeah. the point was – you got to make Kira look good. And I thought Mickey did a very good job of yeah. that. And it, like you said, like Mickey's understanding of, of putting matches together and, and highlighting strengths was was on display here. So, yeah, I thought this like this one in the Austin Aries match uh, would have been one of the top matches for me. Whichever one you want to pick, I can't really argue against either one. Yes. Uh, Tyrus wrestled. I'm not going to review this match because <sighs> fuck him. I will just tell you all that this match legitimately went like 15 minutes. It was, was the, the longest, longest match, match on the show, yes, Joseph. It was. it was insane. I was watching it out of like some sort of bizarre intrigue as to just how bad it was, and it was worse than I ever could have imagined. I can't fathom why they're doing this. And if you're going to do it, at the very least, have the guy win in five minutes or lose in five. Like, good Lord, man. It's like a rib. You're so, for 15 minutes. So so I'm 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 not going to lie or pretend about this one. The match kind of started and like I was watching it and then the girlfriend told me I could come over. So I came over and I missed most of the match, but like I came back and it was still going. Yeah, and like she she lives five, six, seven minutes away, and it was still going. I was like, wait a second, why is this match longer than literally every oh. other match on this show? Terrible finish, too. Just an absolute collection of shit. Just awful, awful professional wrestling. An embarrassment to the belt. An embarrassment to any promotion um, that intends to be national in any way, shape, or form. And it made the announcers look like buffoons. We're talking about how great the roster is. A complete fucking catastrophe. 
And and what honestly, the way I'm talking about it, and the way Jeremy's talking about it, makes it, if it, if it convinces you, it's like a so bad it's good match. No, no, no. It is not one not. of those. It no. is just shit wrestling. It's boring. It's uninspired. And best, this is not science for bless his heart. He's wrestling 15 minutes for that. I mean, good God Almighty, awful. It, just yeah. yeah. Complete embarrassment. No, it's definitely not a, oh, it's so bad, it's good. If it was, we would joke and we would have fun and talk about it in that light. This guy sucks. He Terrible. is absolutely awful. He's been He's awful always. since. Yeah, always. Yeah. He, he, he hasn't really ever been good, but especially since returning to, to yeah. NWA, he's been just god-awful in every single match he's done. He's blown up within 20 seconds into the match. He's blown up within 20 seconds of the match and they have to go 15 minutes, Joseph? It's crazy. What are we doing? I don't know. Um, Mick Foley, car promo. I look forward to seeing him on Dynamite this week on color commentary. Uh, Mick's promo could be most explained by saying the chip cleared, and yeah. I'm good Good for Mick. Chris Adonis, Judas. This was very bland and strange matchmaking because Chris appears to be a heel and was working with like a big powerhouse, so sold as a babyface. It was not bad. And I'll make it clear after the last match because, you know, it was fine. Chris Adonis, is, I actually think, is, like, underrated and says what he can do, but you have to match him with, like, you know. No, yeah, so much heel, you do with your heel heel dynamic yeah. definitely going to work either. Like, the, the booking from this, like, the moment they booked this, it was very weird. Um, and, like, they, they tried, but they just had obstacles that they were just never going to overcome. See, to me, this is where, like, I said the second half of the show is weaker. Like, La Rebellion and the end – was fine. Yeah. It's like, are you going to feel on that, Jeremy? Because I, I mean, I watched it, like the finishing stretch, okay. I just, I don't know. At that point, I was kind of like, this feels like a show where they could have been a lot more selective in terms of the matchmaking. They, <laughs> like, they tried, they tried really hard to, to make this match seem special. They did. Like the yeah. announcers and stuff. And didn't feel I authentic. Was, no, no. I, I was like, <clears throat> all right. Like, it was a fine match, but like the tag team match that was on before this was a better match. So yeah. you can't tell me that like this was the best match on the show when literally an hour or so ago I saw a better tag team match. Absolutely. Bob almost at the end, I'm sorry. Um Nick Aldis, Tom Latimer. Video package for this was strong. It was promising with Aldis approach of like let's just get to, you know, let's just get down and fight. But then Latimer challenged him to a wrestling match and Aldis just agreed, which was a choice. Um, I'll say it picked back up when he hit him with a pole driver and it gave it some some emotion again and it gave an edge back to it. Aldis made a comeback, hit his own pole driver and um, he eventually like, rolled him up, I think. And, you know, I thought it was I thought it was fine, decent. I'm saying fine a lot, I'm sorry, but a lot of this is that. It's just, it's, yeah. It isn't, you know, it isn't incoherent or terrible. It's just it's solid. It, it had some intensity, especially when, like, Latimer was getting the heat. He didn't have enough, though. They should have gone forward. They should have just brawled around the building. Now, maybe they will do that on TV, on a show I will not see. And if so, I hope it's good. Um, I think their stories got overlapped a little bit with, like, Latimer wanting to just out-wrestle Nick, but Nick tried to get revenge. They probably should have just made a choice. They kind of wanted to have their cake in it, too, I thought. Well, again, it was not a bad match by any means. It was It was okay, but... I thought it would actually be better. Maybe that was my fault. I don't know. Well, yeah. But <laughs> I'm with you that, like, especially after that video package, because I thought that was very well done. And as someone who stopped watching their television, like, it, it was a nice, it was a nice catch up 
uh, on everything uh, to the feud. And I definitely thought it was going to have more like blood feud vibes. And they, they certainly tried in certain aspects, but then like you said, then they also just tried to have like a wrestling match. It's like, probably not the time to like do that. Like, honestly, I would have, I would have just, I would have had Lattimore win. I would have had a brawl and I would have had Lattimore win. I would have done a story of like, I pulled you out of your game. Like you're the national treasury, this great wrestler, NWA world's champion, longest reigning, however long. And like, you came in here looking to like fight and get revenge. Like that's my style. I fight and, and just have Lattimore beat him. Uh, Bob is just not, not having this NWA talk. Uh, and then just have Lattimore beat him in that. And instead they made this decision. And I, like maybe they go back to this match, but I don't know. It all. It, I don't care to see it again, honestly. Yeah, so I don't. I didn't like see it play out in real time. But my take was maybe they should have done it where he challenged him to have a wrestling match because he wanted to see if he could beat his friend Nick. Nick catches him with a roll up, and then you shoot the angle where he leaves him laying, and then you do the blood match. Fair. That's what. I, that was my kind of. When I saw this, is what I kind of thought, but it was okay. They, um, but once they did the stretcher job on all this, like you got that, that. Yeah, you yeah, got, you, that goes out the window. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Which again, you know, uh, Camille and Melina. I I watched um, Melina's match with Diana right in Power, mm-hmm. and I remember talking about how like you can tell that obviously physically she has limitations now because she's been wrestling for an awful long time, but. Melina is like she kind of she understands broad strokes what this is supposed to look like and it really allows her to produce at a level that always surprises me. I mean that with like it might sound you know, slight, but I, I don't mean it that way. She was a good baby face in this match. She was like a desperate legend trying to try and just desperately <laughs> to try and win this belt, and she kind of went nuts at the end. She had like a knee brace and she got speared out of the air with it. It was pretty cool. That was great the way that they did. They like you know she got a shine. They got some heat, but it was a nice little wrinkle where when she made her comeback, she went after Camille's arm. Right, the big power wrestler. Like that was good shit. And she did it great, by the way. My God, did she? I mean, the Camille selling was okay. It's a new role for her, so that's whatever. But she did it with real intensity. And as dumb as it sounds, there is lessons to be learned in how Melina works these matches because you can tell that like she's not moving the way she once did, but she gets it. She understands it, and it allows her to have. Sound matches, and this, I mean, I thought this could go many different ways than I saw on paper. I thought it was quite good, honestly, Jeremy. I, I was very worried about this match because yeah. they've done a good job with, with Camille and protecting her against, like, the right people. Like, put her in there with Layla Hirsch, Thunder Rosa, she's going to have, like, good matches and stuff. Molina, like you said, like, I don't think Molina was ever, like, the best worker in the world. And look, that's not her fault. She was, she was in an era where women were just, they weren't going to give time to work anyway. So it's, it's pretty tough to just like judge Molina as a worker, given what she had to work with always athletic, but you know, that's obviously declined over the years. And so like the fact that she, like she knows that and she just, she just is a good worker that, you know, it it definitely stood out here. Cause I get not her fault as far as, the era she was in. I never thought much of Molina as a worker just because I hadn't seen much of her as a worker. Uh, but she she did good here. And Camille, they continue to do a good job pairing her with with the right people Absolutely. who can like protect her and still make her look very good. There's a match with Molina. Bob might know it. There's an I Quit match she had back in the 
the old days, Bob. Do you know this match? Bob's frozen, isn't he? <laughs> he just left again. Good lord, man. <laughs> what are we paying for? I, um, I think it was Beth Phoenix. And they get like five minutes, and he's like a legitimately good match. And you yeah. could just you think to yourself, man, if they'd have got, you know, half the opportunity that, that thankfully is the case today. And I mean that as a, you know, credit to them, not slight to today's talent. It's like, you, you just never know. It's a shame, right? I, and speaking of that, I don't think I mentioned it, but Jazz got her, like, uh, she did her thing, and that was cool for her because yeah. she's a pioneer that never really gets any love. So that was neat, too. Um, last match, almost there, folks. Trevor Murdoch, Mike Knox. Like, look, man, they had, like, a big lad brawl. It was whatever. <coughs> My bad, sorry. Still recovering. Um, it was spirited enough that I thought it was, like, fun at first. It obviously reached a screeching halt when, when Knox got control of it because, like, no. <laughs> no. Bless Mike. He's not he's not particularly innovative in that sense. But, you know, they got back on the finish and they had some cool shit and a couple of false finishes. And, the, you know, Murdoch's finish will always be a little bit. You kind of yeah. go, oh, that's it. Yeah. But, like, you know, it was, it was rough and tumble enough and they understood their limitations. And they had, like, a decent match. It wasn't an embarrassment by any means. Everyone laughed at it, and I understand why, because bless Mike, he's not been a player. I mean, you know, his height of his career was, what, 2007, 2008 SmackDown. It's, it's difficult. But I don't think, looking at this, you can say, to like, oh, my God, what a joke it was he got this match. He did okay. They hung in there. They, had a decent, they did a decent job of it. This is just where the promotion's at right now, for better or worse. Am I being too generous again, Jeremy? Uh, I don't think so because, like, it was – you knew it was going to be short. Like, they started this match with, like, 10 minutes left on pay-per-view time. So, it's like, okay, it's going to be pretty short here. And they, they did what they could with the with the limitations. Like, if you were expecting this to reach any type of level past, like, good, then I don't know. Yeah. That's on you. Yeah. Like, I was expecting this to just be, like, perfectly fine. And that's what it was. And – you move on like and the outcome another match where like the outcome really wasn't in doubt so and, and unlike the uh mickey and um kira match like i didn't have like any investment in some mike knox and like i guess they they try like i don't even know if he's like coming back or anything i have no idea what the point of just having mike knox in this match was i really don't i just think they're uh, you know they're just, they're not, they haven't got the bodies for it right now. You know, I think it's, I didn't mention earlier, but Fandango and JTG are going to be a team and it's like, yeah. I like Dango. He's like a very funny personality. But I don't think I'm going out on limb or being mean by saying like, I'm going to be honest, guys, I don't think they're being particularly active in this free agent market. Like they're kind of getting guys that, are, you know, and Cardona closed the show here because Cardona obviously is making a point of being visible everywhere because he's smart and he understands that, if you're on any of these shows individually, you're going to get lost. So he's on all of these shows. Um, he's an interesting choice for NWA champ, unironically. Like, there's definitely something to be said for him basically doing the bit where he kind of parodies the deathmatch thing and him being, like, the gimmick that we do where he's like, you know, all of the greats, you know, Funk, Flair, Cardona. Like, you could, he can do that shit. He, he'd yeah. do a good job with that. And then... They'll probably go back to Aldis, which, you know, I'm not even going to dunk on it because, I, like, again, I. the truth is, guys, 
is this roster is what it is. And no matter how many times the announcers tell me it's one of the best rosters in wrestling, it isn't. And I'll be, I'll be completely real. The fact this show only had one match that I would consider bad, I thought was a genuine miracle. Now, if you ask me to rate the show out of 10, it's probably like a six, whatever, it's fine. But on paper, this looked like death. It wasn't all. <laughs> it was just 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 a completely forgettable nothing pay-per-view, which by these expectations was a win, I thought. So there you go. Uh, and says like it was a world championship match. Like, yeah, look, could they book a better world title match? 100%. But they, they put the title on Trevor Murdoch. They decided Mike Knox is the guy they're going to go with. What are you, you going to do? Like, it's it should be me. better. It should, it should clearly be better. But as far as, you know, what was in front of us here and, and what my expectations were for this match, it was perfectly fine. Uh, the Cardona thing is yeah cardona very smart like he's got a big role in gcw as the outside invader uh impact fuck he's getting challenged for the title next month uh now nwa is going after their title as well and, and cardona is good in this role as because you can play this like kind of different ways with cardona they're clearly positioning him as a heel based on this uh right this little closing angle here here. And I think you're right. It's going to be very similar to the GCW thing of like all tradition and everything. But then like when he goes to GCW, he's basically like the NWA baby face. Cause he's like deathmatch wrestling. No, like this, this belt was held by flair and everything like actual good wrestlers, not Nick Gage doing like to bullshit. So yeah. I mean, Cardona, right. the visibility is definitely like the biggest thing with him. Cause I said this when, I thought AEW might sign him. Is like this dude's got a presence, man. Like you, you can't deny it with with his fan base and everything. Like he has, he definitely has a presence. And NWA with the the lack of buzz that they have, literally using Mike Knox in a main event of their shows, they need something. And Cardona is the the guy that they have they have chosen or had enough money to afford. Yeah, I mean, look, the thing is. It is a world championship match, but like, not really. I mean, you know, we could be honest about what it is. Like, it's, I like Trevor Murdoch a lot, but he's the NWA champ. And if that doesn't tell you what you need to know, then, I mean, it's nothing new. Let's not pretend the NWA title has meant much in the last 25 years. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we have to, we have to be honest about where the promotion's at. I, I said I was going to review this pay-per-view, and I did. Jeremy watched it too, which I appreciate for content's sake. But, like, I'm going to try and cover these promotions that are fake national promotions. But, like, I can only so realistically come on here and tell you guys how to rebuild the alliance. Because, I mean, look, it's in tatters. It's been, you know, the belt was most relevant when Cody wanted to win, wanted to win it on All Out. And All In, sorry. And that's awesome. That was a cool moment. But, like, it's not it's not a real thing anymore. I'm sorry. It, it just isn't. I will say the real takeaway from this show, and it went viral on the Twitter, was Darius Lockhart's promo. Yes, now, but then he wasn't in the match. He was injured, right? He said. Yeah. He was hurt. Which I, sucks. I actually listed his name when I was talking about like guys they should go for that would fit their product. Because I know what I'm talking about, obviously. Billy hit me up. He is like his promo is just so fucking good. 
You know? Like, he's... I saw a couple of pre-tests. There's one he did on Lee Moriarty that's amazing, where he contrasts them. And, like, he has this... His voice is too good for professional wrestling. Yeah. He's perfect for the studio vibe. And I mean that as a compliment. Um, he should obviously be the NWA champion. Whether he will be or not. You know? <laughs> I think... Because he was supposed to be in the gauntlet, which was um, which we didn't talk about, but it's supposed to be in the which is like their tournament qualifier thing. I feels like he's supposed to win that based on everything. Like Homicide ended up winning it, but um, oh my god, he did. Yeah, the Homicide. Yeah, oh, it was okay. on pre-show. Yeah, um, like so, Homicide's part part of their tournament now. Austin Aries. There's apparently two more spots left. Maybe if Lockhart is can can get in there if he's healthy enough. Whenever they, I mean, I know they shot a bunch of television yesterday and and today. Um, like if Lockhart can get cleared somehow, get in there. What whatever. It does seem like they want to build that division around him, which oh. should probably have a better role for him than NWA Junior Heavyweight Champion. Well, we've seen like, this before. This is you know Ricky Starks. Yeah. This this make him the TV champ and right. This, yeah. this is what they do. Like this, this is what they do with these guys. Like they just yeah. they they put them in a certain spot, and then they all this is in the main event. Murdoch they bring in Matt Cardona for this stuff. I'm with you. I'm with you on Lockhart. That promo was great. I listened to an interview with him. Uh, everyone go check it out. Muscle Man Malcolm uh, did an interview with Lockhart <laughs> that came out on Saturday. He like he's very he's very smart. He thinks the business in a different way, and you gotta. You got to reward guys like that. You got to trust guys like that, not get them in whatever bullshit they're probably going to have him end up doing. But that's why he won't be pushed because they basically believe that someone will sign him. And I don't work for the NWA, but I'm pretty sure they don't pay him well enough to keep him. Yeah. And that's the truth of it. So they will stick with guys like the ones we just mentioned that are going to be there because, of course, they are. Um it's like a worse version of what Impact has, where it's like we can't push Ace Austin. His his contract's up in in March, you know. Well, you can say so many times you can go around with these with these top guys are going to stay forever. It's a real problem. The NWA is is frustrating in that you do think there's a place for them in the market. See, I just don't know if it's a real thing anymore. This this always baffles me on oh we can't push them because they're just gonna leave. How about you push them and you make the next guy? And if they go on to do greater things elsewhere, then fine. You can come back and acknowledge that of like, hey, you know what? They they did these great things in AEW wherever. Like here, they did cool things here too. And then this guy beat him, and like you can elevate through that. Like this is kind of what ROH was doing until they had so many missteps, but. Like th- yeah. This is the way. This is the way to do it. Like, but instead, yeah. they're just going to keep kind of retreading the same people or using people that they know aren't going to be end up signing anywhere because they're just they're in this position for a reason, and that that doesn't inspire anybody. No, it, no, I can't disagree. I just, I don't know. I there's a, there was a time in my life, Jeremy where I would get really fired up and tell you the the road to redemption for the National Wrestling Alliance. But at this point, I just, I don't know. They don't seem to really. <laughs> Straight up the middle, Joseph. Yeah, that's the thing. Ironically, they don't seem to have any interest in moving up at all, you know, because like 
Mike Knox is a great example. And the reason I reviewed his match that way and the reason I wasn't mean and you wasn't mean is because, like, bless Mike Knox, right? That's not his fault. But you tell your audience with your decision-making what your what your kind of, you know, your, your perspective is. And unfortunately, and I don't think it's either their fault, it's just this the reality of, the, like, the industry. When you say our pay-per-view main event is Trevor Murdoch versus Mike Knox... I'm sorry, but you send a clear message to the fan that watches the other promotions, but not yours, and you basically tell them that you're not you're not in the game. And there is evidence that promotions that do better also suffer. I mean, if you look at MLW for all of their flaws, Hammerstone and Jacob Fatu is a real match. Yeah, no one give a shit. So there, there is a real, and we've talked about what there is a real, there is increasing evidence, Jeremy. The people just don't care about these old promotions, <laughs> and they will have their audience that will stick with them forever, and that's it. And like, there's no up, there's no down, and that's that's sad. But I think there's truth to it. However, I also think there's truth to the reality. The NWA isn't exactly swinging for the fences when they put out stuff like this. I credit the talent and the agents or whoever for making the most of what this show was. I thought they all did a good job, other than the obvious, and. Um, I thought, you know, if you spent your money on it, it was a decent show and you probably had fun. But you spent money I mean, on it. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, we have to be honest about it. The, the show ended and it had the same hype it had going in. None. Yeah. And uh, if you want to do that forever, then fine. I think there's evidence right now in the industry, you don't have to look very far, that just existing is not really <laughs> not sustainable because eventually, you know, that. That will catch up with you, but I'll be honest, with you man. I'm I'm a little bit worried about professional wrestling, and I think AEW success conceals a lot of the industry struggles right now. I've been guilty of this myself, where you kind of go, "Man, isn't wrestling fun?" And it's like, "Yeah, it's pretty fun as a consumer. You get to watch whatever you want to watch." But like, there is not. Many a hot territory right now, Jeremy. Let me tell you, there's not many folks popping the territory and filling buildings. And, you know, I, I watch this show because I, I consider it to be a responsibility of sorts to review these shows, but no one else talked about this show. <laughs> Finding any opinions on this show was an absolute challenge. And that's alarming to me because it was not two years ago they did Hard Times 1 and, like, that show had relative buzz. Yeah. A lot of it, no. Relative to this, it was WrestleMania. <laughs> and that's scary because if they're losing fans from that base, that, that is not good. But that's just, that's where I'm at right now. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I was at Crockett Cup um, when it was, in, it was yeah. in North Carolina. I guess it was the last one at this point. Um, like, I, I was at that show. And that had that had ton of buzz. Like, that, that was felt like a very big show and uh demon grin said said earlier of like when we were talking about the attendance like if it was hotter they just would have run yeah. elsewhere like they they did well in st louis i think they sold out that for nwa 73 so they have some buzz some places could they have gone to a different arena in in atlanta or georgia and, and sold it out with you know 300 400 people i don't know i it's doesn't feel like it because NWA 73 felt like more of a celebration and you had empower the night before. Uh, like it felt like 
there was some type of celebration with that. And it was like their first show back, their first big pay-per-view back from everything. At least I think it was. No, it wasn't. They they ran some, but that was at the, the studio mm-hmm. as well, whatever that show was. Um, but it, NWA 73, my point is like felt like some type of celebration. This one just felt like, all right, we've just booked this pay-per-view and yeah. we got to put matches on it. So here we go. And, and that's... That's that's what it was. So I don't know if they could have gone elsewhere and drawn like a bigger house. Like maybe, but would it have been as cost effective for them paying for a different arena? I don't know. Like I'm, I'm sure they get a good deal on GPB Studios because they run there all the time, and you know the, yeah. it's a drawback that they had to limit fans to to capacity. But maybe they actually made money on this show. Who knows? But regardless, it's they're in, they're in a tough tough situation that they they've put themselves in for, for a number of reasons, but they're in a tough situation. And I don't know if it's possible to get out of it. I, I really, I, don't I really don't know if it's possible. There is stuff they do to be totally honest that I have like a strange appreciation for in the sense that obviously with the one particular, um, you know, idiot excluded. Like, it does pop me that there's just, like, these big burly fuckers on their roster that, like, they're being... Let's be honest, everyone books for star ratings now, and, like, they're just... You know, they're kind of harking back to the good old days in some ways. But then, like, you have to also... I'm not one of the only people in the world that will appreciate that. Like, no one that watches wrestling now gives a shit about any of that. Yeah. But when you you do that kind of stuff, like... (laughs) This is where you've got to you've got to telling stories here, and and they don't do any of that. Like I'm fine if their their roster isn't going to be like match quality kings or anything here, but if you're not going to do that, you got to find some type of investment with this stuff. And Trevor Murdoch, Mike Knox shooting one angle that didn't even air <laughs> on your television, like here's my problem: is that angle they shot was like an old school wrestling angle and I saw it on Twitter and the match, the reason I like, to me, that's the sort of match that you'd have done on like the clash of champions. It's like, it's not like good, but oh fuck it. It's fine. But it's like, even if you're, you're right. Yes. You could tell better stories, but this be really honest about it. What's the first way to actually get buzz. If you're not AEW or WWE have matches that people tweet about <laughs> have matches that people want to see. They are not on TVS, folks. You know, there are no kids out there watching on TV going, oh, Mike Knox is big. You know, it's. I just, I think there's a misunderstanding of, of what the audience is. Let's be honest about this. If you aren't top two, you need to look at AEW and say, okay, our fans are probably going to be their fans. What percentage of their fans can we attract to our promotion? And how do you do that? Well, there's probably something to be said for a really serious promotion. Because there are some AEW fans that probably eye roll some of the comedy stuff. I don't, you don't, but there's probably some. Okay, cool. There is no way that fan also is going to pop for the fact that you've got Mike Knox in the main event. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. You need to have an identity, but it can't be at completely at odds with where the industry is trending. It just can't. I'm sorry. Like you can't, you know, if Corbin's just booking the pot himself, then God bless. 
God, I, res- I have no problem with that. But if he thinks he's going to grow like this, I'm sorry. It's you know you have to look at the industry. You can't just book in a vacuum because that's what you remember it like. It's, it's I don't know, man. You know, JJ's mentioning impact and impact's got the same problem where they don't they don't know what they are and it's a shame. They basically book like WWE with worse talent in a smaller room, which is a choice. You know, Ring of Honor had a clear identity and they're gone. So, rest in peace, professional wrestling. <laughs> I have a statement from Robert O'Neill uh, regarding his uh, appearance on today's show. Robert O'Neill says, All right. Fuck this. I'm going to Best Buy and getting a range extender for my Wi-Fi. Thanks for having me on today, guys. Sorry my internet sucks shit. Wow. That's embarrassing. Find him. <laughs> you know I paid that sorry piece of shit today? I, th- I think we, we're going to suspend O'Neal for, for Wednesday's <laughs> show. And in, in O'Neal's place for Wednesday for the pre-Dynamite show will be... Connor Casey from from Comic Book. He'll be joining us. He's expensive. Instead of Robert O'Neill. I mean, we got the budget, you know. You see all those super chats that came in on Thursday, Joseph? We, we're rolling in it right now. Okay, I'm fired up right now because there's been some great comments in the chat. <laughs> Firstly, Dion said, if Joe likes your promotion nine times out of ten, it's dying. And that is 100% <laughs> true. So I want to give credit to that. I also want to give credit to Ant who said, Popping because Nat, because Joe said he's given up talking about how saving WA and here it is factual. Um, yeah, so JJ has responded to his enemies and he says, Worst talent, machine gun Carl Anderson, Chris Bay, Mickey James, and Tasha Steeles. One of those four people was on this show, so you know, I think he means worst talent than WWE, WWE not than yeah. yeah. got much better talent than WA, but. What I'm saying is they do Raw or SmackDown, but in a small room with worse talent than Raw and SmackDown does. Right. And there's good on the show. I'm not saying like I'm not saying it's worse than those shows. I'm just saying it's nowhere near singular enough to be like you have to watch Impact. You know they're they're reinventing the wheel. No, they're not. They're just ah fuck. Joel Pearl's in the chat. No, Joel. He's not suspended for Thursday's show. He's suspended for Wednesday's show. He'll still be on tomorrow's show. With Steven Jensen, where we preview ROH final battle, the battle of finality, end of an era of honor era. That's making me so sad, all that stuff. It's really messed me up, that has, Jeremy. I'm going to be honest with you, man. Has it? It actually has a lot, because I just, I think you know this, I'm a very aggressively emotional human being. And when it first happened, I was my brother and I was just like, well, you know, we all saw it coming, right? Promotion's dead. And then I came on these shows and I was like, well, you know, at least it, at least we got ROH with 19 years, you know? And then just for the last two weeks, I've just been watching Ring of Honor matches and it's just sad. I, I can't... I can't pretend it hasn't bummed me out. Like, that promotion is very, you know, there's a lot of ups and a lot of... And especially recently, some downs, but... He's at least like had an identity and stood for something for so long, you know. And it's a shame that Gresham just seemed to be right in the ship. The fact that the whole show promotion is just like, yeah, it seems like it's dead, but let's have a good last show. Makes me sad. Bums me out, to be honest. 
Very fair. Well, we're gonna preview it tomorrow. Joseph, get ready yeah. to be bummed out more. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm I'm looking forward to the show. I, I just it's. Are we doing it, a classic match watch along? I think we're only gonna do one because I feel yeah. like we're gonna do yeah. kind of heavy final yeah. battle discussion. That's fine. I mean, the card looks pretty good, right? Not nothing. Yeah. It isn't like blow away, but we'll get into that tomorrow. It's just, I think the Ring of Honor stuff. Um, it kind of brings a sense of like finality to the conversation we're having about NWA. And it's like, listen, guys, I could be wrong. At some point in the next two months, some billionaire could be like, yeah, I've been an Honor Club subscriber for 10 years. I'm fired up. Let's buy it. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. Right now, it looks like this thing's just going to fade away. And that is another reminder of what I'm getting at when I say, I think you should not be fooled by the kind of, by the discourse, you know? I get it, and it's more accessible. If you're a wrestling fan, it's great because there's so much on. And, like, Steven Jensen's a great example of it because he watches so much IWTV stuff, <clears throat> which once upon a time wasn't that accessible. So it's awesome. But in terms of true options on a national scale, like, if you don't like WWE as much as I don't like it right now, God, is it grim. It really is. And and the, what makes it worse is, Jeremy, is WWE is not just hiring everyone. I mean, they're, they're now firing everyone. And I'll be honest, for a long time I scoffed at the whole, like, AEW can't hire everyone, but they actually can't hire everyone. <laughs> and I never realized how real that would be because I didn't realize WWE was going to continue to fire 10 wrestlers a month. Didn't think that was going to be the case. I'm looking at their roster. And it's like, well, you got to add Swerve. Keith Lee, Athena, Mia Yim, you know, um, Tegan. And it's like, all right, cool. God forbid, when the next releases come around. And it's like, where do we go here, man? Like, there's, there is no third promotion. Because GCW is the third promotion in terms of point. But like, you're not going to, you know, s- sign a big contract with GCW. That's not how they work. That's why they're the third promotion, because they're, they're not like that. It's just... Tony Khan could only, um, you know, he could only steer so many of these fellas to safety, unfortunately. And it's just, it's alarming. I know this is grim. I'm sorry, guys, but I'm being honest. This is our sad. guy, our guy, Joseph, Freddie Prince Jr., he's going to save it. <laughs> It's going to save it all. I'm intrigued by what he intends to do because he's <laughs> the way that he obviously does wrestling is very TV. So it's like, what would his indie look like? You know? Yeah. Do you remember when Gabe did evolve and initially there was always like backstage vignettes and stuff? Do you, did you ever see that stuff? No. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> oh, is it? It was like, like, a, like the ultimate fighter. It was weird. The evolve, evolve was a weird promotion. Did you ever watch any evolve, Jeremy? Yeah. Just, yeah. It was mainly just like, like match stuff though. I like, did I follow like the angle stuff? No, not really. But oh, yeah. if there was like a good match and whatnot, I'd seek it out. You'll be shocked to know that I began to watch it close to him. Roderick Strong went over there, and <laughs> um, you know there was a lot of good there, but it was just it was just strange because it always seemed like there was like doom in, like lingering over it, and then obviously for the last couple of years of his existence, it became like WWE guys would just work their shows, so. Anyway, that's the Evolve podcast here and coming to an end. That's going to be our next uh, our next look back. We're just going to start doing classic Evolve stuff. Mm. I'd have to subscribe to the network. Speaking of such, someone send me. I want everyone to buy me WWE Network gift cards so I can watch their content without feeling like a 
<laughs> like a bootlicker. So for Christmas, I would like approximately 150 WWE Network gift cards. Um, I don't know how you actually send those. Did you know I paid these fucking grinners today, Jeremy? Paid them. Felt like filth for doing so. Watching them numbers go to Bob's account. I've never felt so disgusted <laughs> in all my life. Just, and then he comes on here and he stinks up the joint, you know? <laughs> Show ends up with me talking about Evolve. It's brutal. I can't believe they get paid. I can't believe terrible. Off of our hard work, too. I know. You know like... They come in, they, you know, we pop the territory, we build yeah. it up, draw some great houses, and then they go, I mean, look, shoot, shoot's fair enough, right? Like, he's, yeah. you know, he, he's invested in the product. Yes. The Oracle of Wrestling. I mean, he comes on and just upsets the chair every week <laughs> and tells them their favorite wrestlers suck. You know? No, the Oracle's I mean you did you did some stuff for Oracle on Friday. He's he's I incredible. Love Oracle. Yeah, he's fucking he's tremendous. Absolutely <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> now Bob on the other hand. He sucks. Yeah, we need to inquire about Bob's pay. Um, yeah. I think we're gonna go like, you know, twenty five Oracle, twenty five shoot. And then I would say 40 me, 10 Bob. Fair? That seems fair. I agree. I agree. Okay. Do we have any other statements? You, you, right could, you, should, you should honestly, like, you can you can go five Bob and then five me. Like, you can kick me in. That's fair. That's bit. fair, yeah. I, I still pop in That's every fair. now and again. You're, you talk about as much as Bob does on the platform. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though you're on for six hours less. That's fair. Um <laughs> It does rule that you legitimately spoke more on the grin in your like 30 minutes than Bob did in three and a half hours, or two and a half hours. <laughs> Seems bad. Um, yeah, Oracle was great on Friday. We got a little bit, I'm going to be honest, I don't remember the show too well because I was very, very ill. But like, we got a little bit hate. We kind of hated on the fleet on Friday. We got a bit, Damn, missed a bit, all that. Yeah, we got a little bit sinister. I think I threatened to do something very bad. Um, wow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I was poorly. Oracle does not bury Roderick Strong because he knows about professional wrestling. He would never. <laughs> you know, it's not his. It's not his game, pal. Just, just I'm not happy about this. Dion is one of the leaders, the league leaders in the burying Roddy Strong thing. You encouraged <laughs> them today. You encouraged them with the slam. I didn't look. I didn't say Roddy was the problem in that match. I, I said if you had a bad match with Roddy, like. I just feel Seems bad for Joe, bad. man. Bless his, bless his heart. Like, maybe he pitched it, but that gimmick is just... It's... It I'm sure he'll say he pitched it, and then, you know, once he... Yeah. Once he's outside, he'll be like, no. <laughs> I was just... Yeah. It feels like the kind of gimmick that could just end at any moment, and it would just be like, well, we tried, you know? <laughs> it got a New York Times article, or New York Post article. One of the two. One of those New York yeah. outlets. That makes it good then. Yeah. I love the thing where we base like, like if you say something sucks and it was a, hang on a second. Four Door Soup says Roddy was the problem in that match. <laughs> Calm down. Okay. Now, um, if you say something sucks in like AEW, people will be like, well, actually, the highest quarter hour in November. So, <laughs> but if you come on here and just go, Roman Reigns sucks now, people are like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Oh, you know why I knew it really left today? Why he 
why he cowered out is because Brock didn't pop the rating at all for SmackDown. No one gave no a one shit that Brock they was could have, back. They could do Sylvester Stallone versus Arnold Schwarzenegger in a steel cage, <laughs> and they would do 2.1 million. It's the, but the thing is, credit to it, it's steady, right? It's an, it literally doesn't move. Cena got it up for like, he got it up for like a week, but it stays where it is. It's fine. SmackDown's successful, right? Rating never goes down, really down. It just sort of treads along, and people apparently like it. Freddie Prince doesn't like it. <laughs> Freddie Prince is going to save wrestling. He might, honestly. Yeah, he might. He could do it. I mean, he measured him buying Ring of Honor and just like, just imagine how much Ring of Honor fans would hate his wrestling. Like he's up <laughs> writing, he's up writing promos for Jonathan Gresham. He's not going to write a promo for Gresham. No, he's actually, he's got enough self-awareness to know what he's bad at. So he would obviously make me the head booker. Um, I wonder if I have to fly to LA for that. Probably. I think I'd be good in LA. I think my skin would definitely hold up well. <laughs> you excited for Christmas, Jeremy? Is this what we're talking about now? Good, good callback. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Sure. You know, big Christmas guy. No, I love Christmas. It's, it doesn't feel like it's here. I gotta buy people gifts. You see the gift I'm getting you? Hang on a second. You have not bought any gifts. No, I bought some gifts. I gotta buy other gifts. <sighs> Brother, it's the 6th for December. I know. I have gifts done by by August 12th. Oh, see, I'm very <laughs> I'm very late of like, I'll do it like the week before and just hope for the best. Oh, that's bad, man. It typically works be, out. You got to be careful with that. Yeah. Um, good question here, Fordor. So have you guys watched Halloween Kills? <laughs> no, I haven't. You know, Top Dollar comes up in the chat. Top dollar. Let me be very honest with you all. There is a there is a chance that he would fucking rule in NWA. Yeah, <laughs> and he would like cut good promos and people. No one would see it, <laughs> but we'd put it over every couple of years. So <laughs> <laughs> let's get out of here. I need dinner and stuff. Yeah, like you play one of the works play one me. of the funny videos. You know. Who gives a fuck? Good stuff. All right. See you all tomorrow. No, I had to go with Roddy. Do we? Do you want to plug anything, Joseph? Sign up. LateNightGrin.com. Just one dollar. Um, I actually need everyone to sign up for that because I now pay uh, free lunatics as well as myself, which is bad. Seems bad. And, uh, you know, the, the support is appreciated. I often say there's no money in this game. Insane to me that, that these people fund us enough that I can like cut these idiots in. It's awesome. <laughs> like, seriously, like I, I joke about it a lot and there's a lot of people doing better than me because of many reasons. And there's a lot of people doing better. But like I do appreciate there's a lot of people would love to have the platform we have, Jeremy. Yes. You know, and when we go and do guest spots on other shows, it is so awesome to see the people follow us over there and you know, maybe we're not doing 15,000 views or anything, but, I mean, I don't really want to do that, you know? Like, fuck it. I, you know, our no. audience is great, and they get our humour, and they, they get involved in our bits, and they have fun. And I just, I'm thankful for it. I mean, it's not Thanksgiving anymore, but 
it did dawn on me today when I, when I was looking at the Patreon and I was like, look, we're not, we're not killing it by wrestling Patreon standards, but we're probably in a high percentage in terms of like, <laughs> I'd imagine it's a lot lower than us. And the fact that I can, you know, give myself some and give the others some, it's like, it's pretty cool. Yeah, the chat obviously cool. sucks, but other than, yeah. you know, it's just this, it's neat. So if you want to be involved in that, I can promise it is worthwhile. You only have to sign up for $1, no tears. You get a four-hour podcast every week that was not four hours this week because I nearly vomited on the air, which was bad. Um, we're going to start a show soon, a daily show called uh, Ring of Roderick, in which Oracle <laughs> and I watch 15 hours of Roderick Strong matches every day. So you can sign up for that. That's not happening. That's false advertisement. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's my only plug. Don't follow me on Twitter. I hate Twitter. Fair. Um, we'll be back tomorrow talking Ring of Honor with uh, Jensen and O'Neill. We'll be back Wednesday talking AEW and whatever else the news is with Connor Casey. And then Thursday is the main show. And then we have the post show. I hope, fingers crossed, everything, book, plans don't change. I hope to have a, a good announcement Thursday, probably on the main show. Um, so, so I hope to have a good announcement there. I do have another announcement. Probably next Monday, my interview with uh, Vo Williams will air on this channel. If you watched Raw last week, one, sorry to hear that. Two, you may have noticed a new theme song that kicked off Raw. It, it was called Greatness, and it was done by Vo Williams. And I interviewed him today, and that will uh, air next week. Tremendous guy. Great guy. Uh, really, really fun talking to him. But he does the th- new theme song for Raw. So that'll be on the channel next week. I I have other interviews scheduled throughout this week. That'll be on the channel. Again, one big one that I'm hoping I can officially, because I ain't announcing shit until I get it in the can, because I'm always worried that uh <laughs> that stuff will fall through. But I hope on Thursday I have a, a good announcement for, for everybody on the main show. And if I don't mention anything about an announcement on the main show, just assume that it fell through. <laughs> just assume that Wyndham will be on Winter is Coming instead. uh thank you guys we appreciate you guys uh we will catch you all tomorrow on the channel tomorrow on twitch twitch.tv slash fightful gaming i'm gonna kick the shit out of joel pearl in some uh smackdown vs raw gm mode and yeah we'll catch you all then do you want to play another clip joseph what clip what clip do you want me to play Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.